Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome to episode three of the Bread and Circuses podcast. I am Rooster, and uh, I'm here with Crow, but I don't know why. Crow, don't you know you've been fired? Episode three? That's... Uh... Yeah, we, we didn't have any episodes before this. Oh. You know, this is this is only a third one. I see. Yeah, just like Joe Biden said they didn't have any vaccine before he became president. Right, and what's the name of the podcast we're on right now? Bread and Circuses. Oh, okay. With who? I uh, Rooster and uh, well, you're still here, and I didn't. Didn't your Twitter followers inform you that you'd been fired? Uh, no, but I switched over to Parlor, so maybe that's the problem. Ah, uh, okay. Well, just like uh, Gina Carano was not told that she was fired by Disney, she was just she found out through followers telling her that on Twitter. Yeah. I'll, so much of this story is ridiculous, but, uh, well, I want to get back to the Disney thing in a minute, but first I want to talk about the, the Biden vaccine thing. So, you know, Trump hasn't said much about anything, um, lately he's been pretty quiet, but he did come out and comment about, you know, Biden saying in that disastrous town hall he had with oh, Anderson yeah. Cooper. There's so much to talk about with that one. Oh, that thing was a shit show. But yeah. in there he said they didn't, I believe it was on that along with many other gaffes he made that they did not have a vaccine when he, you know, when he came into office and Trump was on some show somewhere talking about how there's video of him on January 6th, getting his shot, you know, or sometime before that. Second shot, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like Joe forgets there's, there's video here. So that was my reference to episode three. Uh, Just, you know, we've got so many out there and I was pretending we had. Yeah. I did so, not but, know where you were going with that. I was confused. Well, you rarely do because you know, it's not like I, I lead you with these things. I just sort of spit this stuff out. So, yep. um, but getting back to the Gina Carano thing, then we can go to the Joe Biden town hall. But, uh, so there's more and more news coming out from this, from this, uh, Disney thing. And, you know, in Disney's defense, she wasn't really fired because she wasn't really working for them at the time because, you know, Mandalorian season three has ended. They don't know if there's going to be a Mandalorian season four. Uh, Pedro Pascal's on two, right? I think there's only two seasons of Mandalorian. Oh, maybe. Okay. Maybe there's two. Um, But uh, Pedro Pascal's on to um, The Last of Us or something. HBO's version of that. Is that based Uh, on the video game? Hey, that's what I heard, but I I don't know. Well, if, it's I canceled... on, if it's based on the uh, uh, first um, Last of Us game, it should be good. If it's based on the second one, it's uh, going to be a load of shit. You only say that because you're a uh, trans-hating homophobe. Yes, and misogynistic too. Yes, this, that's you hate your own kind is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. You know. Um. So anyway, so he's going to be in that show, and that's been he said that's his main focus. So. We don't know if the Mandalorian is going to continue and the rumors of Gina Carano being in Rangers of the Republic is, is just that it's just a rumor. So we don't know. So technically she wasn't really working for them. 
But that also means Disney didn't have to fire her, but they right. did. Right. They appeased, Without telling her, apparently. They appeased the woke Twitter crowd, basically, is what they were doing. Yeah. And not, so, not only the woke Twitter crowd, but that's pretty much 90% of the, the people that work there, I guess, at Lucasfilm and Disney are, are a bunch of yeah. raving SJWs. So. Yeah, so they let her go without really telling her. She didn't interview with, uh, I can't remember who it was she interviewed with, but she said, yeah, I didn't. they didn't call me. My agent didn't know about it, you know? So uh, that was just a shitty way to handle it. But on top of that now, Kathleen Kennedy, who is trying to single-handedly, despite John Favreau's efforts, ruin Star Wars, she, uh, she went on and did it. They said it was an Oscar video. I didn't really watch it. I watched parts of it on... Uh, the quarterings channel, Jeremy, um, where she was giving some Oscar hype sort of video or whatever. And it got destroyed by fans um, of star Wars. They went in there and commented like crazy, but apparently if I'm taking Jeremy's word for it, the term is ratioed, right? Yeah. But it had like, it had like 90,000 views and only 52 upvotes. Yeah. So that means 52 people of the 90,000 people who watched it liked the video. And it had something like 9,600 yeah, people downvoted. downvotes and before they finally disabled that function, disabled comments. Yeah, and I think you were saying they people were commenting <laughs> on it, so they shut the comments off. So people went on like the next most played video yeah, and the next, started the commenting highest, on that one. Yeah. Highest, uh, uh, viewership video, um, for the Oscars. They just basically went on there to downvote to ratio that regardless of what it was or, or who, who was involved in the video. And then they start commenting on the, uh, Kathleen Kennedy video. On that one. And then they go into the next, there was like two or three of them that they just went on a row and just, it was, it was pretty funny. It's, it's, um, it's, it's hard for her to escape the fact that she's like you said, almost single handedly, uh, um, destroyed the, um, the the goodwill people had for Star Wars. Now, I would like to think it is because that's, you know, there are so many Star Wars fans that are passionate and she is ruining the, uh, the Star Wars uh, universe and people realize that. But you know what it really proves is that white supremacy is alive and well. Oh, yeah. Because everybody who goes on there and comments about Kathleen Kennedy being terrible is uh, just a white supremacist. Yes, and they, you know, we uh, we hate strong women too. Yes, exactly. You know, you know, they they don't know their place. You know, so. Um, yeah, and the the word I think we talked about this before, but the word is that John Favreau, who is the showrunner for Mandalorian, uh, producer for Mandalorian, along with Dave Filoni, who is a, a former Marvel comics guy. Um, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're credited for basically getting back to basics and, and trying to woo back the, uh, you know, the hardcore Star Wars crowd that, the that people like Kathleen Kennedy despised, which is like your, your nerdy man, <laughs> you know, basically your well, and 40, I, 50 I year old nerd. I don't know for sure. These are just all rumors. And when it comes to the media, I don't know what to believe on any of this stuff, but I've heard that Favreau's, uh, Favreau's a pretty good left, a pretty solid lefty, but also does not like uh, cancel culture or any of that stuff. And so well, he and wants he, to keep. He created he, the, yeah, the, the, the role of Cara Dune, which is the, the role um, Gina Carano was playing. He, he created that character for her and, and had her in mind when he created that character. 
And he didn't audition anybody for it. She, it was a role that he offered to her and she accepted. So they were talking about once they fired her that if they're going to bring back that character in, you know, whatever the spinoff series that they were thinking about doing, um, that they were thinking about recasting her and the behind the scenes, this is another from just today from the quartering from Jeremy's video. He's behind the scenes is Favreau's not having, he's like, you, you won't be recasting this. We're just, we're not, we're not going to do that. that. That role was made for Gina Carano. So, and I think he yeah. fought, he fought to keep her for a while, but there's only so much, I think only so much he can do. I think when they, they've got an agenda and, and you know, you've got, what ninety? Like I said, it's like ninety percent of these fuckers. You know, it's what are you gonna do? It's a, it's a losing battle for him. He wants to get his paycheck. It's not yeah, gonna I don't He's know. Not die I mean, in the hill. If we say it's ninety percent, we could be guessing. Who knows? But my point is, in all this, what I've always said is, the more the left lefts, the worse they get. Yeah. You know, the worse they take it. And like we said before, Disney's not going away. I mean, it's still gonna be there. It's not gonna. It's not going to fold up, so Disney will be fine, and so will most people who work there. I mean, even if Kathleen Kennedy gets fired, she's going to get millions of dollars in severance. She's never going to have to work again. But yeah, it's a term called fail up. They fail upward. So a lot of yeah, these but, people that they they never there's never any real consequences. But you know who's going to take the beating for this? It's just sort of the sort of the everyday Disney employee. You know whether uh, you know their revenues are down and they have to let a few people go, or it's you know, somebody at a park ride who has to has to wear some stupid SJW shirt when they don't want to just to work there and people start taking it out on them kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just like when Target did their uh, uh, gender inclusive bathroom things four or five years ago when they said, well, we're going to have trans bathrooms or whatever. And people just went ballistic. And the new CEO said, yeah, we're not doing that political stuff again. And they, they didn't need to. They didn't need to chime in on it. But they were virtue signaling, and they paid the price for it. You know, their stock dropped, and it, it took it took like a 10 or 20% hit, and it took them like a year to get it back. Yeah. You know, so you just don't, you don't need to comment politically on that stuff. But people feel the need to have to do it because they're just trying to show that they're woke too, and it never works I, out for them. I think the problem too with with – they say, well, then Gina Carano shouldn't have got given her political views since she's obviously right of, seems conservative, right of center. Thing is, it wasn't that she was giving her political views so much as that she was, they were demanding that she cave to woke culture. They were saying, uh, we noticed you don't have any uh, gender um, language in your, in your bio. Um, what is it? What do they call them? The, um, the uh, profiles, profi uh, the gender profile, like he, her, she, her. Uh, yeah. He, he, and and they said, uh, why not? Are you uh, transphobic, homophobic? She's like, I just don't want to. And then they went after her, like, well, how dare you? And that that's where it kind of started. It's like she she got to the point where she's like, fuck off. And and she was cool about it because she didn't like tell everybody to fuck off. She just kind of like tweaked people, which is fine. You know, it shows personality. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then she put the beep boop bop thing in there, and it was that was she says, and I don't know if this is true. That was supposed to be a Star Wars a reference, reference to R two D two. I think it was something. a little bit of both. It was a little bit of fuck you guys, you know, wink, wink, and a nod, and, and a little bit of Star Wars. Kind of, it was it was kind of clever, I thought. But yeah. uh, you know, we've as conservatives, I've I have lots of programs I watch and that I've enjoyed over the years, despite being. Um, run by liberals that every once in a while throw in throw in some sort of uh, you know woke messaging, 
Um, even before I knew what woke was, I knew there was woke messaging in a lot of these shows I watched. And, you know, if it wasn't like constant hitting you over the head, which if it, if it is, it generally is not a good show anyway. But if it was just snuck in here and there and I recognized that, I didn't get all bent out of shape and go, well, I never, you know, oh, these fuckers, I can't wait. I'm going to get on. I'm going to try to destroy them and the actors that are involved. It's like, yeah, the, I raise an eyebrow and go, oh, geez. And then I move on. And then I go, oh, okay, the rest of the story is okay. I'll keep watching. You know, it's like, it's like, get over yourself. You're not that fucking important. Well, you know, even now, even with all this sort of uh, political isolation that everybody's going through, you know, people are relocating and reorganizing their, uh, you know, I call them their people gardens. You know, every once in a while you got to weed it out. But um, even now, most of my friends are liberals. I'd say it used to be probably 75%. Now it's probably closer to 60 but I can't remember a time that I've ever had an issue where I said, if you feel that way about something, we cannot be friends. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I've made jokes about that or, you know, like feel like cats, we can't be friends, that kind of stuff. But uh, I've, I've never felt like that. The only exception possibly being abortion. Yeah. I'm kind of getting And that if way. you're, if you're sort of rabidly pro abortion, I mean, I, I understand. I, I do think, as much as I find it abhorrent, there's a time and a place for it. You know, um, I'm not, I don't want to rule it out exclusively, but 95% of the time, I just, I find it to be evil. If a friend of mine is pro-choice, it, it bothers me a little, but we're not going to make a big deal out of it. If they're going to be rabidly pro-choice, like in your face about it, I, I'll just look at them and be like, we need to stop talking about this. You know, well, a rabidly pro-choice person is, is not a, person I want to be hanging out with. So I will definitely end a, end a friendship over that for sure. Right. But my point is in general, as conservatives, how many times do you remember ending a friendship over a political issue? Uh, once maybe. Are you thinking the same one I'm thinking? Probably. Yeah. But see, for me, that wasn't a political issue. That person Personality was just the, issue. Angriest, yeah. just the angriest person I've ever been around. I was yeah. just tired of that. So it's, it's funny like a, that person like the believes, straw that broke the camel's back kind of issue with that one. Yeah, that person believes that we don't hang out with that person anymore because of that person's life choices. But no, it's it's really it, it's just like you got sick of his shit. Yeah. And yes, I said his. Yep. So um the Joe Biden town hall. You wanted to bring up some stuff about that? Yeah. Uh I didn't watch the whole thing. Obviously, I heard about it like everybody else did when they started playing clips from it, and it was like it was astounding. I mean, one of the, the most astounding things to me, and, and I, I, I'm not surprised by it, but I'm always, I'm always just kind of flabbergasted by the by the way the media not, not only is the media just kind of like pulling for one side or or biased, they are full fledged shills for the Democrats. I mean, it's like, I mean, when I say the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, that is exactly what they are. It's it's it, this is not what libel slander. This is this is what they are because you get. Joe Biden saying the most ridiculous things, and you'd expect uh, anybody with any shred of of um, standard, uh, you, know, um, you know, a journalistic standard in the media would just at least, at the very fucking least, ask him to clarify, right? So he says something off the wall, or or they're they're trying to make excuses from after the fact. Well, he stutters. Bullshit. It's him being fucking mushbrained, or. 
or stating what he truly believes and 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 the filter doesn't filter it out and it just people sit there and go oh shit but the like anderson cooper in this town call hall never never pushed back to clarify never pushed back and said well are you sure about that he just lets him speak as if you know what come out of his mouth is the truth and how how dare i uh you know um try to clarify or do my job so it's 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 astounding well i didn't watch the whole thing but i uh I, uh, listen, man, this is, here's what I know. Now I shouldn't you say, know? I better not, I better not say this. Uh, yeah. I'll get in trouble. I'll, I'll, I'll get in trouble here. Uh, yeah, look, uh, we just gotta, look. we just, we just gotta, you know, we got the unity is important here. So I guess okay? the, the last time uh, he had an interview or a town hall with Anderson Cooper, uh, I saw a clip just before we got, we started recording here. So I wasn't able to like, uh, grab it, but he said some really weird shit to Anderson Cooper about, them getting together and talking about gay bathhouses and sex, uh, gay sex. And I was like, did you, did you see this? No, it was the, f- I mean, for Biden, it's just par for the course, but it's so fucking weird. It's like, he's like, Oh, you remember we were talking about the gay bathhouses and, uh, you know, un- unrestrained sexual encounters. And I'm like, what the, where did the fuck did this come from? <laughs> How come I've never well, heard this one before? Despite all his stumbling, and uh, just sort of scary lack of appearing to know what the hell was going on half the time. Yeah. Um, and just not being able to put a coherent thought together. I mean, he just really rambled a lot. Well, let's go but, in order of what he said. Like the first, well, the first but the thing. One thing. The one thing that stuck out to me was when he was asked about China and he, you know, the Uyghur Muslims. And he basically oh was God. like, he was like, you know, it's cultural differences, man. <laughs> They're they're literally imprisoning these people in concentration camps. I mean, they've we have pictures of it. Yeah, of like walled areas with razor wire on the top. They've got them in jumpsuits, lined up like they're prisoners, based strictly, so we're told, on their religious beliefs. And that's just, I mean, Japan is very anti-Muslim, but Japan just basically doesn't let Muslims in. You know, yeah, here's they're, what, here's they're what, not throwing them in prison. I, I'd like to have the audio to play, um, and I do have it, but uh, it's not hooked up, so it's not going to sound very very good. So, but the, there is a quote about this where he goes, and this is not, this is just a little bit of what he was saying about China. But he goes, "I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in Western Mountains of China and Taiwan, trying to end the One China policy by making it forceful." What the fuck does that mean? And, uh, and then he doesn't know what planet he's on and, and you should have seen like i watched the video of him doing this and when he talks about the one china he makes this fist and he like holds it out in front of him as if he's like he's like it's like propagandistic is that a word Propag- prop, prop it is now it's not propagandistic it's yours and okay. anybody who uses it has to pay you a quarter but the way he did it and he had this like you know when he said talking about barack obama's got steel in his spine you know he's like oh and he just makes a fist and he gets that real squinty eyed on clint eastwood look in his face um he did that when he was talking about the one china policy and and it was almost like he was like yeah that one china policy that's the greatest i can't wait to try to implement that one china policy across the world you know, one China, you know what one China almost sounds like? Almost sounds like make America great again. Yeah. He's got, uh, also he said, culturally, there are different norms in each country and their leaders are expected to follow. He said, 
Um, and, and that, you know what, when I read it, and I hate reading it because it almost sounds even more coherent than when he says it. Like, and, and they're not even stringing together the whole thing. The whole thing is so fucking nonsensical. He can't put a coherent thought together. And then you can't think about what he said about China other than that either he thinks that's okay for them because that's their culture, or he's afraid to speak up against China because they're so powerful. That that's the only thing. I two think he's afraid to speak up against China because he's getting paid a lot of money from them. Yeah, well, and because they have so much influence, yeah, on him and whatever. But yeah, that wasn't the biggest thing that uh, uh, jumped out at me. The biggest thing that jumped out to me uh, is yet again he basically told black and Hispanic people that he thinks they're less intelligent than white people. He's done that multiple times. He did it yet again. If you if you hear this and you're a black person or a Hispanic person and you hear him say these things and you go to vote for him, you're proving him right, I guess, at this well, point. I'm going to vote it, Joe Biden. I mean, that's what I'm be, thinking you are at this point. It may be that he thinks black people are inferior, but Trump's a racist. Yeah. So he got to so, vote for Biden. So what he did, uh, we got to, this is what he said. Um, they were talking about um, that he, about the the vac- vaccinations and how it's uh, supposedly more difficult or the priority is supposed to be to give you know give minorities more um, access and I'm not exactly sure what the question was from Anderson Cooper but it was along those lines like you know how do we give more access to minority communities that are, that are struggling and whatever you know kind of nonsense it was and he goes he says this he goes a, a lot of people don't know how to register not everybody in the community in the Hispanic and African community particularly, in rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for the COVID vaccination at Walgreens. Can you get a COVID vaccination at Walgreens? Who knows? Probably. I don't think you can get them retail anywhere. Probably not. I don't think you can do it. But he's, so he's saying blacks and Hispanics particularly, and I'm reading this, um, the, the quotation here and they put a comma in and they've got it in the wrong spot which makes him sound better so when they say they have the comma they go they go not everybody in the community comma in the hispanic or the african-american community comma particularly in rural areas areas that's not what he said there was no when he said in the hispanic and african-american community particularly there was no comma he was talking about them so he's he's not saying particularly in rural areas he's saying the Hispanic and African American community, particularly, and in rural areas and distant, he he was saying them in particular have a problem figuring out how to get on the computer and figuring out how to get a vaccine because they're fucking stupid. That that's what he's yeah. saying, and and if you don't see it that way, and you vote for him, you're proving his point at this point. I'm sorry. So you know, that that's what what, what more can you say at this point about this guy? It's about as pure racist as you can get to think that, in particular, Hispanics and blacks don't know how to use computers to figure out where to get uh, vaccines. That is, when people talk about you're racist and racism, they're usually talking about just bigotry and talking about, you know, treating, you know, um, having um, expectations of people and um, yeah. all that. They're lumping a bunch of shit into racism. That's not what racism Racism is you believe one race is superior to another race. Biden, I believe is an actual racist who believes that white people are intellectually superior to Hispanic and black people. I, I totally believe that. 
Well, look, he had such great admiration for Senator Byrd, who was a racist. He was part of the KKK, and people say, oh, he was reformed later. No, he wasn't. I mean, yeah. if you read the comments he said later, he was not. Look, he just yeah. he just uh, toned down his rhetoric and, and, and said what he had to say to stay in office. That's all. Well, and let me – Thomas Sowell's got a great point about racism. Um, and his point is – who, I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but who really cares about people being racist? Okay. What you should care about is the, because Thomas Sowell says racism is a thing in your head. Okay. Discrimination is the manifestation of racism. That's what we should worry about. You know, this idea that we have to tell everybody that everybody's equal all the time, it, it leads to, and this is scientifically proven, all of these diversity training things, they lead to more resentment between races. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that anecdotally, but you can also see the data from that. I mean, people who take these courses are saying, I didn't think about race, but now I can't stop thinking about it. Right. And they're not meaning that in a positive way. And so... Soul is saying you may have someone who doesn't like black people or you may have someone who doesn't like white people or whatever. Who cares if they never act upon it? What's the difference? You know? Yeah. And and if you're if you're calling any if you're saying the word justice and you're putting anything in front of it, then it's not justice. Um, well, and let's let's say let's say I'm hiring someone to work for me and they sit across from me. And, you know, they're black. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, man, I just don't like these darkies. And then I go, all right, but, uh, you know, looks like a good worker. So hiring them and treat them the same as everybody else. The left is so offended by the idea that you would, you know, and an idea that I don't, I don't go along with at all. Um, you know, the black people are inferior or anything like that. But I, I mean, if I had that view, but I still hired that person and treated them just like everybody else, who, one, first of all, would know? And even if you did know, who the hell would care? Right. You know, well, but we have to we have to do everything, you know, as if everyone is racist. And to be honest, it's the left. It's the liberal elite mindset that because you don't see a whole lot of black people in in their circles. You know? Yeah. So. Well, I don't even look at it like the term social justice at this point. As soon as I hear that, you know exactly what they mean. It's racial grievance. So you just replace in your mind when they say social justice, just replace that with racial grievance because that's I all always, it is. I always view it as like revenge, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's more, no, it's, there's a, there's a, a part of a victim, you know, making victims out of people. And, and having that would be a progressive stack where you, you know, there's, there's a hierarchy of victimhood and all that kind of stuff. So there's an oppressor and oppressed and that, that can't change. And uh, the oppressor's of course, always white, but, um, you know, no, they, not always. Or, not always. or a black person that, uh, that is, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, internalized whiteness. Well, I heard, I heard Dennis Prager and Dinesh D'Souza talking about this. And, um, one of the things that, uh, Dinesh brought up as he said, what the left doesn't understand is the left comes for everybody at some point. So people who are on the left, but they don't understand what the progressive agenda does to people will say, you know, women are oppressed. 
and they go, yeah, women are oppressed. We got to have equal rights for women. And then pretty soon, you know, black women say, right. But, you know, as black women, we're oppressed many times by white women. So suddenly it's white women who are a problem too. And then you get gay women, you know, lesbians who say, well, all straight women are oppressing us. And then you get trans women who say, yeah, it's all the cisgendered women who are oppressing us. And the, the groups just get smaller and smaller and the voices get louder and louder. And the left gives in on this stuff. And Dennis Prager in the same conversation was saying he was having a conversation with, you know, a dozen or more. I can't remember if he said 12 or 20, but Hollywood, and these are his words, Hollywood Jews. Dennis Prager is a Jew. And he said one of them said to him, and he gave him credit for even having a conversation with him. And I think it was interesting. It was Dennis against them because that's how many it was going to take. And uh, one of them said to him, hey, we just live in a different world because your facts are different than my facts. First of all, it's a stupid statement because mm -hmm. facts are facts. They're not, you know, truth is truth. You don't have your truth or her truth or their truth. There's truth. Anyway, so uh, Dennis said, right, my facts are that men or that women have babies your facts are that men can have babies and the person said what are you talking about and dennis said it's no different than when i was on bill maher's show and bill maher said he said the same thing to him bill maher goes what are you talking about and his point was the left incorporates the progressives into their movement but they don't understand many times what it is the progressives are advocating for yeah and so most people on the left look at it and say, that's ridiculous. No, men don't have babies. But then you say, well, but that person is not a man that's a, or a woman that's a man pretending to be a woman. Yeah. I mean, they don't. And they say, no, 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 no. That's, that's her truth. Yeah. Well, that's all part and parcel of the progressive agenda, which is to destroy the nuclear family and patriarchy and the church and all that kind of stuff. And to bring forth the, uh, you know, uh, utopian ideal that uh, man can be perfected. And, you know, all it's going to take is, you know, science and the right uh, kind of uh, uh, leadership to do it. And uh, regardless of whether you want it or, or whether the, the populace, understands it you know the the elites are going to usher in this this new um, utopia for man because you know man can be perfected hey man who cares about the nuclear family when uh, people are suffering well I mean, yeah and the nuclear family and the church and uh the founding principles they all stand in the way of this utopia so we got to get rid of those first well there's um this has been cited by many people before there are all kinds of studies to show that the key to success in life is graduate high school, then get married, then have kids. Those people, by and large, are the most successful people in life. If you screw that mix up, you can still be successful, but your chances for that tank, you know? Yeah. Have kids, graduate high school, get married, you know, just whatever order you mess that up in, you know? And the, the point is you have to get your shit together you know, and graduating high school is the first thing. And if you're having kids before you're getting married, uh, it makes your life tougher, you know? Um, and so it's, and people will say, oh, how can you say that? Well, just like I did, you know, it, it's easy to say. It's not hard. But the, the truth is people who stick to that sort of system, that progression, 
turn out to be far more successful in life than people who do it the other way. And when you start to break down the nuclear family, you ruin the chance for people to do that stuff. It starts to become, well, it doesn't matter if we're married and, you know, kid doesn't know when 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 mom or dad is going to be around and it's crazy. When you confuse gender roles too, you, you, um, you make for a chaotic home life. Uh, well, you've got, you've got the situation that's in the black community is it's, it's a proven fact. It's uh, fatherless homes are 75 or more percent, I guess. Um, and you've got, um, the, the woman trying that that's in charge of the uh, raising the children is either trying to take the role of the, of, of the father and the mother or being the mother. And then the government is the father. And that's just destructive. It just, they have no concept of what. A masculine role model is at that point. Either the fee- the the girls or the boys in that family have no no concept of it. Well, and the funny thing, going back to Tom Thomas Sowell, he points out that coming out of slavery, so very late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, uh, up even into the fifties, that the the f- fastest growing uh, group of people getting educated. Literacy, fastest growing one was the black community because their families were largely intact and they put a lot of emphasis on education because that they saw as a way to lead to success, which they were 100% right. Most of that came from in the early stages that was Jesuit Jesuit churches teaching against the law, by the way, teaching uh, um, black kids to read weren't supposed to do that you know it was it, it was the government trying to keep black people illiterate and you want to talk about your systemic racism that goes way back to then but then the government comes in in the 60s and basically says here let's just you don't need to worry about ambition or improving yourselves government's going to take care of you mm-hmm. and soul says look what's happened it's it's flipped it's gone from families that were you know, 80, 85, 90% intact to 75% don't know where dad is, you know? Yeah. I mean, even Tupac Shakur said, man, if I'd had a man around to teach me how to be a man, maybe I wouldn't have been such a mess. Yeah. You know? Yep. And people know that all the time. There was just a story in Minneapolis here where they're not arresting or they're not detaining anyone for anything. Some uh, kids have been out carjacking people, 13 year old kids. And the mom is on the news, just pleading saying, I wish the cops would arrest my kids and, you know, make them pay some consequences. Cause these kids, they get arrested, they get processed. They're out in an hour doing the same thing again. And they've been doing it for three years since they were 10. Yeah. And also you know, they're escalating because they're getting away with it and they're seeing that they're getting away with it. And, you know, why not move it up? So you're right. But there's violent. And I'm going to guess there's no dad around. Right. In this house, you know, and you can say, well, the mom shouldn't have gotten herself in that position. Okay, fine. You know, but she's trying to get out of it. You know? She's trying to fix it. And the system's not helping her because, you know, we can't we can't put black people in jail because that's not fair. They're, they fucking hijack cars. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't let them keep doing that stuff. Yeah. If you say, well, we, we have to look at the root cause and we have to work on that. Fine. Go ahead and figure out the root cause. In the meantime, 
you got to deal with with what's happening. You know, you can't just pretend it's not happening or not not blame the perpetrator. You got to, you know, you got to make their consequences and then go, okay, so why is this at a higher degree, higher rate? Let's figure it out. Sure. I'm, I'm all for that. You know, and what this is sort of an analogy. Like if you've got a leak in your basement and it's filling with water, you know, instead of calling a plumber or fixing the leak, you say, we should really talk about the nature of water and how we use it. I mean, really, do we need as much water as we have? Or should we be building houses like this? You know, in the meantime, your basement's filling up. Yeah. You know, and it's it's ruining the foundation of your house or your society. You need to shut that or, off. Or, or, or saying, let's say the, the house was built in an area that um, is is a is lower to the water table and is flooding all the time. And uh, one day it starts flooding. And instead of, you know, bailing out the water and, and putting a sump pump down there to, to put out the water, you go, let's talk about why this is happening and how we can stop it in the future. But you're still not dealing with the situation at hand. You're not getting the water out. You're going, maybe we should move the house to a different location in the future. Yeah, that's a good idea. But in the meantime, let's clear out the water. Well, and the problem is, you know, especially the left, they don't want anybody to have to pay consequences for this stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, because you've committed crime, you're irredeemable. But I do think that society has reserved the right to take some people and say, okay, you know what? You need to go sit over here for a while. You know, you need to be separated from the rest of everybody else. We're going to try and help you while you're here. And people could say, oh, the prison system doesn't want to. I want to get into that argument. But let's just assume it tries. You know, you got to put those people, you have to separate them from the rest of society. You can't start to worry about, I don't want to say worry about their rights, um, but you can't worry about a temporary suspension of their rights when they have violated other people's, right. you know, because if you, if you are trying to fix everything without causing anyone, any discomfort all in the name of fairness and equity is this is never going to work. No, of course not. And you know, what's funny. My kid um, had a kid in his class getting picked on by another kid. And I said, well, who's this kid who's doing the picking on him? He says, oh, it's this kid, blah, blah. And I said, uh, did the other kid, your friend, fight back at all? He's like, no, I don't. He's not going to be able to defend himself against this kid. And my son said, I could. He goes, I wouldn't have a problem handling this kid. And I said, well, why don't you? And he just looked at me <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's a rule follower. And I'm like, look, if you get in trouble for defending your friend, you know, and I got to come to school and back you up, fine. You may have to do a couple hours of detention. I get it, but you stand your ground. He goes, yeah, um, he's black, so it's not going to go well. And my yeah. other son looks at me and goes, yeah, dad, give it the program. I'm like, <laughs> what? And they both said, yeah, black kids do whatever they want at school. Well, yeah, of course. Now, they're exaggerating. because uh, I, Yeah, but there's, there's, you can see that happening. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're making it sound like there's never any consequences. He, you know, my son later told me a story that this kid got into it with a different friend of his. Those two kids exchanged punches. They both went to detention. So there is, there are some consequences, but just the idea in their mind that because the kid was a certain skin color, nothing would happen to him, yeah. you know, 
and that that kid knows that. Well, Rooster, turnabout is fair play. Yeah, I, I guess that's reparations. Yep. You know. Yeah, it's 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 about time. Uh, uh, white boys in this country understand what it's like to be to feel persecuted and that the, there's a two-tier justice system. It's about time. Well, you know what? It's just that you've had so much privilege for so long that you're reacting poorly to your privilege being taken away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Well so. said, my friend, my comrade. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about an article I posted <laughs> on, on the uh, Facebook page. Bread and Circus's podcast, Glenn Greenwald, who is no lefty, but is one of the very few journalists doing any work these days. Uh, Matt Tiabi's and or Tiabi's another one of them. Um, you know, people very firmly on the left, but they're calling the right out on this. Um, Glenn had an article, uh, and I think I don't think he's even with the Guardian anymore. I think he's doing this stuff on his own now. Uh, he, it's called the, the false and exaggerated claims still being spread about the Capitol riot. And he goes into great detail here about how basically everything we've been told about the Capitol riot is bullshit. And, you know, the, the article's pretty long and I don't want to get into this too much, but he's saying basically, you know, the story was that this, uh, uh, this officer Sicknick who died. Yeah was uh, bashed in the head with a fire extinguisher. Um, So they said, uh, uh, on Wednesday, pro-Trump rioters attacked that citadel of democracy, overpowered Mr. Sicknick, 42, and struck him in the head with a fire extinguisher, according to two law enforcement officials. With a bloody gash in his head, Mr. Sicknick was rushed to the hospital and placed on life support. He died on Thursday evening. And Glenn goes on to point out that all of that is uh, demonstrably bullshit. Uh, He did not get rushed to the hospital. In fact, he went home that night, uh, texted his brother, said he had gotten maced, but he felt uh, or sprayed, never said who it was, uh, that he was okay. Um, But they basically said that uh, the guy was fine, and then later that night he collapsed. They never name who these two other law enforcement sources are. Nobody names that ever at any point anywhere. Um, And it appears that since he was texting his brother after this whole thing, saying he was fine, that he was not in the hospital, placed on life support. Right. To this day, they they still have not disclosed the details of the autopsy that was done on him. So then it goes on to talk about the other people. They keep saying, oh, there were five people killed. Well, it's true. Or five people died. One of them is Ashley Babbitt, who got shot in the neck by a cop. Um, the other three were a pro, pro-Trump post, uh, protester, Kevin Greeson, who died of a heart attack. Benjamin Phillips, 50, the founder of a pro-Trump website called Trumparoo, who died of a stroke that day. And Rosalind Boyland, a a fanatical Trump reporter of the Times, was evidently killed in a crush of fellow rioters during their attempt to fight through the police line. I mean, they just made this shit up. Yeah. And is anybody going to face any consequences for this? No. No, nobody's going to. They did point out that they, uh, what did they say later? Um. Yeah, so and even even got Anderson Cooper here saying, 
the Chiron here is officer killed as a result of the violent riot will lie in honor in the Capitol Rotunda next week. Um, I mean, maybe the guy died of a heart attack. Who knows? We don't know. Maybe he had, maybe he did get hit in the head with a, with a uh, um, fire extinguisher and he had a brain bleed or something. Who knows? But what you can maybe tell is, is, is the narrative was, was they, they knew that the only person that was, killed was this babbitt this uh this woman that was shot by the uh by the law enforcement there and they couldn't just kind of have that they had to have you know the it, it, it optically was just too bad for them so they had to like scramble to find something and they latched onto this nonsense um thinking it was you know it was going to save them from the from the uh, uh the narrative that yeah the only people killed there were trump supporters well, it says, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but let me just highlight this. He says, the problem with this story is that it's false in all respects. From the start, there was almost no evidence to substantiate it. The only basis were the original two New York Times articles asserting that this happened based on a claim of anonymous law enforcement officials. Despite this alleged brutal murder taking place in one of the most surveilled buildings on the planet, filled that day with hundreds of cell phones taping the events, nobody saw a video of it. No photographs depicted it. To this day, no autopsy report has been released. No details from any official source have been provided. There was no reason to believe this happened from the start. That uh, uh, the little that was known should have been should have caused doubt. On the same day, the Times published its two articles with the fire extinguisher story. Uh, ProPublica published one that should have raised serious doubts about it. And it goes on to say that even in the same article, they refute it. Um, you know, saying, well, uh, you know, it said he was rushed to the hospital, but, uh, they did point out that later he was talking to his brother from home and they said, nobody calls this out. Nobody looks at the article and goes, well, wait a second. What? And the only thing they did to print any sort of retraction was later they had uh, update new information has emerged regarding the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick that questions the initial cause of his death provided by the officials close to the Capitol. That's it. Yeah. That's all they say. Yeah. And now the Capitol Police, there are six of them that have been put on administrative duty. There are 35 or 37 of them being looked into for what they did on this day. And now the Capitol Police are going, hey, we're being scapegoated in all this. Well, I mean, there's a lot of weird shit that was happening where Capitol Police were funneling people in, were taking selfies with people. It's like, it's a weird situation. Um, there's even another thing on this uh, article that says, uh, do you remember the picture of Zip Tie Man? Uh, yes, yes. There's a there's a guy holding, there's two different points. Of Isn't that the guy holding... with the ex-wife uh, um, turn him in or something? Yeah, I don't know. It says uh, Eric Munchel, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing it right, a pro-Trump rioter who stormed the Capitol building while holding plastic handcuffs, took the restraints from a table inside the Capitol building. So they retracted that part of their own story. They said, oh, you know, a zip tie man was in there. See, they were going to abduct people, people. And then later they went, oh, well, he says uh, he took them off the table. They were sitting on a table. And the, the Capitol Police even go, yeah, he did. Hmm. And he took them to stop cops from zip tying a bunch of people. Yeah. So he didn't have them there. He didn't come into, he didn't storm the place holding them like they said he did. Yeah. This is just, I mean, 
it's getting more and more ridiculous the efforts the left is going through in the media well it's all it's all a result of no consequences that's what this is right they they they're so emboldened um until until there's like some some major thing happening where i mean i mean jail time or god forbid some some people start shooting and and, and taking them out which i i do, don't want to see happen at all but until they start getting consequences for this they're going to keep on doing it and hopefully it's legal consequences well, Ron Johnson, senator from Wisconsin, was getting lit up for saying, where are we getting this armed insurrection thing? He goes, an armed insurrection? we got people taking selfies? He goes, "That's it lasted three hours? We're not talking. There are no demands. There are no hostages taken. He goes, there are no shots fired other than one yeah. that we all know about. And, and that uh, wasn't the protesters. Yeah. And there was actually a guy that was in the chambers at one point that that they pointed that the media pointed out because he looked like, I think he was wearing a vest. He was like military fatigues in a vest, a, a, a bullet resistant vest. And they're like, look at this paramilitary looking guy. And it's like, turns out that guy was like telling everybody, Hey, you know, this is not, don't destroy anything. Don't, don't disrespect this place. I mean, he was like not there to take over the place. He was like, I think he was one of the ones that ended up being in there for some reason, not under, I mean, not going in there to take over the place. He was going in there because that's kind of where the crowd took him. One of those things. It's like, we're going to, we're going to find out that most of these people did not have any intention of doing anything nefarious. And most of these people got in there thinking, Oh, you know, they're letting us in. (laughs) And there was a bunch yeah, you can see the videos of these assholes hitting the windows and stuff. I'm convinced that, you know, there's a good, a significant portion of those are the, you know, agent provocateurs. I mean, they're they're the opposite, the opposition side. It's been proven there's BLM and, and Antifa types there that that were, um, you know, uh, instigating and fomenting this. I mean, they aren't the only ones, but I, I'll bet you there's a significant amount of them doing that. Well, there was the one guy. I think it's John Sullivan, yeah, got, uh, a BLM paid, activist. He got paid from CNN thirty five thousand dollars for his footage. Seventy thousand. No, that he was got two, paid two twice. separate. Yeah, two separate. Uh, um, news organizations paid him 35,000. And he was one who was in there telling people what to do. And, oh yeah. He was, uh, he was smashing windows. He was telling them let's fire, let's light this up. He was coordinating shit. He was on top. I mean, he was it, all it took. And they say, well, he was the only one. That's all it fucking took. Do you need more? Oh, I mean, that's but all there it takes were in, more. A, in a crowd. Yeah, there were, but here's the thing. If he was the only one that that's, I mean, he knows he knew what he was doing. He was part of Antifa. He was part of these kind of crowd of these groups before. He knows how to foment violence, how to get a crowd going. Well, and there were Trump supporters there telling him, Hey, cut it out. Stop doing it. He goes, Oh, I thought it was already broken, man. No, we're cool. We're cool. Yeah. And you he know, was he was so. I don't know. Um, can we talk briefly about the shit Ted Cruz is taking right now? Uh for going to Mexico? Is that the one? Yeah. Okay. That, so first that of vacation? all, is that what he's doing? I, that's, I haven't even heard. Yeah. He went on vacation. Okay. Big fucking okay. deal. Congress is out right now. Right. They're in recess and you, you can say they shouldn't be in all this. That's fine, but they are. They're in recess. Ted Cruz is from Texas. Ted Cruz is a wealthy guy. Uh, I don't think politicians should be wealthy people. Um, unless they, they shouldn't be people who get wealthier in office. And that appears to happen regardless of which side you're on. But so Ted Cruz uh, says, you know what? Hey, uh, can't, uh, can't Texas is a shit show right now. Uh, let's get some friends and go to Cancun. And let's face it. If you had the money to do it, 
when it was 10 degrees outside and uh, everything was frozen up, you'd fucking go to. Yeah. You know? And so there's people outside of his house now protesting, saying, this shows how out of touch he is. And I wish, and he won't because he's a politician, that he would say exactly what I just said. Listen, I don't, I represent Texas in Washington. Okay. We're not in session right now. What would you like me to do here? I, I don't run Texas. Okay. I can't make stuff happen in Texas. So my family and I went on vacation because guess what? The job I have right now of Senator, we're on vacation. So I took it. And if anybody wants to criticize me, then a better make sure that one, if you had the opportunity, you wouldn't leave two. And you've never said the phrase to someone from work. I'm on vacation. Right. You know, I just, and if that costs him his office, then it does. Well, I just wish people would stop going, you know what? I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it because it's not really what he thinks. Yeah. That's, that's nonsense. I, it's such a non-story to me that I have trouble even trying to like def- defend him because it's like, I, sh- I just don't see like you shouldn't have to for something like that. That doesn't make any, it's like a diet. They go, well, it's important what he's doing. The American people are suffering, blah, 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 blah. And I go, yeah, there's doctors that do important work and people are suffering when they go on vacation, but guess what? They go on vacation. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I wish, uh, I wish the guy would just, instead of sort of caving on this, just go, this isn't a story. Or, yeah, that'd be per- that'd be a perfect response. Be like, what do you have to say? It's not it's a, not a story. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> what do you What do you want me to do? Yeah. You know. Um, so well, we you want me to open up. You want me to open up my house for everybody? Guess what? My pipes are frozen too. <laughs> we didn't kind of we didn't finish some of the stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about. We kind of moved on about uh, a couple of the things Biden said in that um, town hall. Okay. Um. We talked about him lying about COVID vac- the COVID vaccine, right? Uh, yeah, about how they didn't have it when he got yeah, in office. Which is whatever. Um, but he Despite al- the fact that he'd already gotten the shot. Yeah, he also, one of the first things he did when he got on stage was, uh, you know, he was being Holmesy, folksy, uh, uh, old Uncle Joe. And, uh, you know, he's he um, Anderson Cooper st- uh, stood there and, and, and welcomed him. And he goes, oh, you know, you'd rather not be here. Uh, you'd rather be at home with your nine month old. And Anderson had this like kind of look on it, like this pained smile on his face. Like, where is this going? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and he goes, Oh yeah. And Joe goes, yeah, I, I know you, you just adopted. And he goes, yeah, yeah. We just adopted whatever. And he goes, yeah, well, well everybody knows uh, I like kids more than people. It's like, Oh my <laughs> fucking God, dude, that your handlers must be just shitting themselves. Every time you talk about, kids especially since now it's like okay kids aren't people so it's okay for you to treat them like little pieces of um you know meat that you can just smell <laughs> well it's just like you know poor kids are just as smart as white kids yeah and then uh uh there's another one here uh he assumed that white supremacists lurk in the military and law enforcement you hear that? oh that's just a fact we all know that yeah so he goes the greatest threat to terror in america domestic terror and he went went on to talk about how the you know the it's basically a, a, a white supremacy that they have to watch out for. Uh, well, this is this is it's a distraction thing. He goes, this is no different. 
this is no different than what he said at like the the virtual G9 or G8 or whatever it was they just had. He's like, we all got to come together. It's not America first anymore. We all got to come together to fight against Russia. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Here's the quote from him. Um, so a University of Wisconsin Milwaukee professor asked him this. Joel Berkowitz asked him what he would do to address the complex and wide ranging problem of white supremacy. And Biden said, I would make sure that my Justice Department and the Civil Rights Division is focused heavily on those very folks. And I want to make sure that we, in fact, focus on how to deal with the rise of white supremacy. Um, see what's happening and the studies that are being done, uh, maybe at your university as well, about the impact of former military, former police officers on the growth of white supremacy in some of these groups. So, I mean, the guy is just a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, you know? he is. So, and then, uh, and then you've got, did you hear about... Uh, about uh, Kamala Harris's taking over more and more, uh, pre- you know, things that are t- typically reserved for the president. No. So oh, she's yeah, taking like on. She's, yeah, she's meet, taking on. She's starting to meet with more dignitaries and stuff. Yeah, this is from uh, WeLoveTrump.com. <laughs> but uh, the headline is Kamala Harris is now taking on roles traditionally meant for the president. Sources point out that Kamala is now meeting with foreign dignitaries and talking foreign diplomat or taking foreign diplomatic calls f- for Biden. Um, here we go. It's, uh, the calls boost the vice president's role in diplomacy. Former president Mike Pence occasionally spoke directly by phone with foreign leaders, but the role generally was performed by president Trump, especially last year. Um, she called and talked to Macron. So she ex- to express her commitment to strengthening bi- bilateral ties between the United States and France and revitalizing the transatlantic alliance. So, I mean, she, I mean, she's doing what, Biden's supposed to be doing. He's going to bed at 8 p.m. He's he's calling a lid on news, news on the press at 8 at 8 a.m. in the morning. So he's not even working. He's not. What's he doing? Oh, he's playing Mario Kart with his niece. Well, what's on? What's even more uh, insidious about this? Well, maybe that's not the right word, but let's just call it stupid. Is uh, uh, Jen Psaki was who is one smug bitch? Man, she is. She is smug as hell. Yeah. And uh, she said, uh, and look, people say, well, so was, uh, who was the gal that, uh, that Trump had at the end there? Uh, press secretary. Uh, They'll say, well, she was smug too. Kay- yeah. Kay- so what? Kaylee she also McEnany. happened to be right. Yeah. Kaylee McEnany. She also happened to be right a lot of times, but Jen Psaki, someone asked her, will Biden be meeting with the crown prince of, uh, Saudi Arabia, I think it is, who sort of everyone kind of believes, you know, runs the show in Saudi Arabia because the king's fairly, he's getting older. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know if everyone believes it, but the crown prince is the one who had the one guy all chopped up and carried out in suitcases and all that, uh, the journalist. And um, so she very smugly comes back and goes, um, yeah, the prince is not the president's counterpart. That's the king. So if he speaks with anyone, he'll be speaking with the king. Hmm. And then they point out that was Macron when they put Kamala Harris out there going, um, where's the president? You know? Yeah. So it's just, it's the hypocrisy. I can't, I hate those. I hate pretty much all those press secretaries. They all, you know, they all get up there and, I'll give some of the reporters credit. They're asking them some tough questions, asking Jen Psaki some, and she just, you know, when she's not circling back, she just uh, does stuff like, yeah, I don't appreciate putting words in my mouth and I really don't like your tone. And, <laughs> you know, 
Kaylee McEnany at least <laughs> went, fuck your tone, hear the facts, shut up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, yep. So still arrogant too. So uh, what else from the well, Biden thing? Well, nah, that we're running close on time here. That was, those are the ones I wanted to talk about the most, but uh, what, there's a couple other things I want to sneak in real quick. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Cuomo and uh, how the, the aide admitted in front of some Democrats that uh, they hid the numbers of all the the deaths than in the um, yeah? I was health. hoping you'd bring Cuomo up because I think huge. he is seeing the end of his political career right yeah, now. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Well, I guess according to behind the scenes people, the he's just really abrasive with even people that are supposedly on his side. Like other Democrats, just don't like his personality. He's just abrasive. Well, the, you know, uh, Fox Business has had um, the former uh, uh, lieutenant governor, this woman on there, I can't remember her name. And uh, she's been saying that, you know, New York's a one party state and uh, Cuomo has always sort of been a bully. And now you're getting these uh, politicians who are coming out and saying, yeah, the guy said if I went against him, he was going to ruin me. Yeah, he's he's really arrogant. He's got the attitude of a fucking mafioso. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, you know, he's, he's, he just, you can see between the two of them, him and his brother, um, Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo have the same, like the same attitude. They're, they're better than everybody else. They're very, uh, very vain. They're very into like, uh, you know, being, um, you know, being thought of as, as more than what they are. I mean, they're, you know, they're typical egomaniacs, both of them. Well, do you see they're not letting his brother cover him anymore? Yeah. I think they're. I wonder why. It was embarrassing. That's why. Oh yeah, it was. You know, so. and and uh, yeah, the the fact is that if I'm sure everybody's heard this, but there was a Cuomo aide that was talking and thought it was a private meeting with a bunch of Democrats and said, "Hey, you know, we we didn't report to you and report to officials um, the actual number of COVID deaths in these nursing homes and these assisted care facilities." Because we were afraid that the president was going to use that against us. Yeah, the justice they thought Barr's Justice Department was going to come after him. But, I mean, uh, you, oh, you, I don't even, I mean, I'm speechless. It's like. Yeah, well, I mean, what can you say? Yeah, I mean, the, the people, sh this is another instance where no one, I don't have any confidence that anyone's going to be held responsible even cuomo he'll he he might not, not get reelected, and he might be kind of a pariah for a while but he's not going to get the kind of um he's not going to there's not going to be the justice that deserves to be done to this guy no but the only thing he cares about which is being governor and being in charge and maybe running for president and all the the fawning media coverage he's going to lose all of that yeah. and so yes he won't go to jail and he'll still be a rich, connected guy. I guess but he it's will not, not be me. able to have the thing that he wants. Yeah. It's just not enough for me. I know it's you know, not I, enough for I, you, I, but I don't, sometimes it's got to be enough. You know, I really, really would love to to win a lottery, even though I don't play it. I'd really love to win it. Maybe somebody buy me a ticket and I didn't know it and I win. Um, I love that, and I'm not going to get it. Um, you know that that's kind of the feeling I'm getting. It's like. It's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to get something I really want, but is it going to really destroy my life and make me make me think twice about how I live my life? No, I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to be like, yeah, that's something I really wanted, but uh, you know, I'm living a pretty good life. I'm a million multimillionaire, and I've I've got my cocktail um, parties I can still go to, and I've got people that'll kiss my ass. And he's not going to he's not going to suffer from this. He's going, and I guess you know maybe I'm not supposed to want somebody to suffer, but fuck, <laughs> I want somebody to, to get to get some sort of like consequence that matters. 
my point is don't underestimate the amount that fame and all of the stuff matters to them. You know? Yeah. I mean, yes, he won't go to jail, but he's never going to go to jail over this stuff anyway. I, I would regardless just, of I side, would like him to be financially ruined uh, and not that like what they try to do, the people that associate with Trump, they try to destroy their life and livelihood yeah. in, in the sense that what he cares about most, he won't get to do anymore. His life will be destroyed in that sense. Mm. And so I guess, no, it's not good enough for me, yeah. but it's good. I mean, it's something, right? Well, and, but it's and not, it's still, it's still not, is, it's still not the consequences we want to see. No, but the best part about this is two of the people they thought were going to be running for president and, uh, 2024, Gavin Newsom and Mario Cuomo are going to get taken off the table. You mean Emmy award-winning Mario Cuomo? Yeah. No, he's, I mean, he's going to be. Wait, not Mario. Mario's his dad. Andrew, yeah. Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> he's, but he's, his political career is going to be over. Yeah. You know? And yeah, he'll be a pundit on some show and the former governor and people kiss his ass on there all the time. He's really unlikable. I mean, but hopefully, you know, people like Gretchen Whitmer, who I think is too thick to have this happen, um, and uh, Tim Walls will start, you know, governor here in Minnesota will start looking at this and going, shit, they're coming after these people. Yeah. Um, there are people on the left who are starting to wake up and do their fucking job and say, wait a second, these these people aren't good people. And this goes back to what we said at the beginning, you know, talking about conversation with Prager and D'Souza. We as conservatives look at these people and say, this is what happens when you give people too much power. And in New York and California, the Democrats have way too much power. Yeah. They're unchecked and unchallenged. Yeah. And you have to have some correction on that. And I think, you know, that's that's what you can hate the two party system all you want. But it's a pretty ingenious balance, you know? Yeah. Well, so real quick, one last thing. Look at a, just sure. a, a, um, a, a quick couple points on this one. Uh, Democrat Representative Linda Sanchez of California introduced a bill uh, month last month, which was called the No Glory for Hate Bill. And it's got uh, 13 Democrat co-sponsors for it. And so it's seeking to ban former President Donald Trump from having federally funded statues, monuments, street names, or even park benches named after him or dedicated to commemorating his presidency. Also, um, it's going to try to bar him from being buried at Arlington National Cemetery. And yeah, this is the kind of shit they're worried about. Stepping foot in the Capitol. Yeah, this is the kind of shit they're trying to pull. Um, you know, they 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 could they could they couldn't get their. Uh, uh, impeachment for collusion with Russia. They couldn't get their impeachment for incitement to what was it? Incitement to uh, riot? No, not even riot. They were uh, to, for people to uh, sedition or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they can't get that, but they're gonna try another like technicality to come up with a brand new bill that just says him specifically for no good reason. Um, you know, is he well, can't. it doesn't say him specifically. It just says anybody who's been impeached twice. <laughs> You know, and yeah. the funny thing, the thing I love about this, I love to find the legal silver linings in these things. And I know you can't stand Roberts, um, <laughs> but you're going to have guys like Roberts who try and play this fairly well down the middle. And maybe even some people, some of the justices on the left go, are you fucking kidding me with this stuff? There's no way this is constitutional. 
you know? And so what you're going to have is if this passes, which I don't think it will, and it gets There's challenged, no which it would, um, and it goes to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court's going to say, fucking it, really? Man, how, no. how, much, how much time can they waste and how much effort can they expend on just stuff that doesn't matter to the American people? But this is all they have. Yeah. All the, their whole platform is we hate Trump. Yeah. You know, it really is. They and, can't and at this do point, anything At this else. point, if you don't, if people on the left, the Democrats that vote for these people don't see what's happening, it's like they, they aren't looking to try to make your life better. What, what are they doing? How is this going to make your life better? Not allowing uh, Trump to be uh, buried in Arlington. How, how would that make your life better? How is that them doing their job? Fuck you if you vote for that. Well, and you can say there's a whole bunch of people on the left cheering it, and there are, but there are people on the left going, really, are we still doing this? Yeah. You but know? The ones that are cheering it, like I said, fuck you. I have no yeah. idea. The, 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 you're, you're trying to, I don't I, I can't, I guess I'm, I'm just. You're speechless again. I, I'm like so fed up right now with all this shit. That I'm, I am. I'm, I'm. I'm getting to the point where I can't even. I can't even. So, but if you guys can uh, get in contact with us, it's rooster at broadencircuspodcast.com or crow at broadencircuspodcast.com. Hopefully, uh, parlors coming back here. If they do, I'm rooster at bnc podcast. Crow, what are you? Chronos. And then uh, check out our Facebook page. Uh, and comment and everything, and that is Bread and Circus Podcast. See ya, bye.